0: It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton.
1: All right, welcome aboard Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. A lot to uh, cover on a uh, on a cold Monday. Snow on the ground. Oh, know, wait, yeah. Uh, we're past Thanksgiving now, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's It's gone by too fast. So we'll have... Football to wrap up because uh, Brady was at the Marine City game on uh, Saturday. We'll have hockey to talk about because there was the Larry Manns over the weekend, and we've got three games this week uh, on the airwaves. And we'll have girls basketball to talk about because we start the season on Tuesday night, and we've got three games on the air this week in girls hoop.
2: Yeah, um, we got a jam-packed show for you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, We didn't have a show on Friday just because of the holiday, and we weren't able to coordinate to be able to record. But otherwise, it should be a lot of fun. And, yeah, I'm excited to uh, finally get basketball season underway. We should have. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot different from last year.
1: Well, (laughs) number one. We have a solid start date, and we're not anticipating no, oh, yeah, shut down between now and then. We're not
2: going, <laughs> okay, I know we have games scheduled for this day. Will we play? No. We're playing our first games, I believe, are tomorrow. We have what? Northern uh, hosting Anchor, Anchor Bay, Bay, and we also have Lake at St. Clair. Two teams that are going to have to reload from it, losing a lot of scoring. Yeah, but, and we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. coming
1: up. Um yeah the 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 big the big thing here is we we are anticipating playing a full schedule 20 games this year not of if we start now then we can play this many games and has still have a playoff yeah jeez and still get baseball and softball started before August right <laughs> that was the big thing last year the big thing this year is first we're going to talk some football when we come back
4: again magna.com forward slash careers to join our team and create the future of mobility together
0: hello this is tim sheridan owner of sheridan real estate and insurance in lexington a family tradition that started back in 1925 with grandpa sheridan promoting trust care and excellence sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs respected throughout the community and dedicated Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at sheridanagency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, welcome back, Dennis and uh, Brady. Well, Brady, you were there first off. Just kind of start by by telling me about your experience because this was your first chance calling the state finals at Ford Field and I know the first time I did it, you know, as a broadcaster, it's a geeky moment.
2: Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I got there, I think, so Marine City was the third game of the day. I got there in like the fourth quarter of the first game just just in case anything went haywire. Um, Luckily, everything went very smoothly. Uh, You know, you go up there, you go in the press box and and there's i mean obviously it's an NFL press box it's done up to the to the um nines and you had the i sat like where the press row is where like all the writers sit for the entirety of the D1 state final and just hung out there for a little bit but then getting to be in the um uh, in the actual press box like i was basically at the 45 yard line really high up was pretty cool. It took a little bit to get used to that height because, you know, (laughs) high school, you're used to being a couple hundred feet from the action. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, in
1: high school, if if there's an issue, it's some places because of the track. You're back further, but you're
2: not that much higher. Like at Memorial Stadium, you're what? 50 feet from the sideline? You feel like
1: you can reach out the window and tap them on the head going
2: by. And uh, when you're at Ford Field, you're... I, I'm bad at estimating 500 feet up, maybe more, probably a few a cl- more than that from the field. So it's a little harder to see.
1: Well, you got to take an elevator to get where you're yes. going. Yes, so.
2: you're on the seventh <laughs> floor of Ford Field. Like someone was there, took a picture, and I was like, oh, that's me directly below the E in Ford Field. <laughs> so that was really cool, and I'm sure it was great for the kids. Uh, Marine City played their butts off. They're, they had nothing to be ashamed of. They just ran out of gas. I mean, they were going back and forth. Honestly, I thought they should have had the lead at halftime because, uh, well, so the first drive, Catholic Central drives down the field, but Marine City stops them, gets for the field goal. Then it just kind of went back and forth, and neither offense could do anything. Uh, Catholic Central then had a drive where they were at, I think you would have been watching by this point. You were done with hockey. Uh, I think the 35, and it was like third down, and the quarterback for Catholic Central was wrapped up, should have been a sack, and at the last minute, he, as he's going down, flips it to their best player, Z- Ziggler and he caught it at like the 25 and ran all the way to like the 10, and it should, it should have been, I believe it was third down. Should have turned into a third and or fourth and forever and a field goal or a fourth down attempt became a touchdown, and that's after Marine City had a holding penalty on third and ten, which was incomplete, turned it to third and five, turned into a pass interference, which made it third and two, which they scored on, and that made it ten nothing and you're like the only touchdown Catholic Central scored was on a drive that won miraculously got out of a sack and had three third down attempts and then marine city drives down the field gets a touchdown right before the half it's 10-7 and Dennis you can tell me what you were thinking at this point you're going all right we got ourselves a ball game
1: well yeah and i just i know the final score is 31 to 7 but grand rapids catholic central only had 13 more yards than marine city they had one more first down than marine city And Marine City's defense slaughtered their run game. Mm -hmm. And this is not a small sample. They tried to run the ball 20 times, and they got seven yards. Grand Rapids Catholic Central probably hasn't been held to seven yards rushing in a quarter this season, let alone a game.
2: Yeah, they were doing a great job, and the third quarter looked to be the same. The one thing that was a little disheartening was – Grand Rapids Catholic Central always had the slight edge on field position, so Marine City would start inside their own 25, and Catholic Central would start past their own 40. And as the third quarter is getting ready to end, it's still 10-7. Uh, the, the Zeigler again, their big receiver, got open, found the soft spot in the zone, caught it with room to work. And I know Marine City has athletes, but that kid's going to Notre Dame for a reason. And he found the sideline and was gone. And at that point, it kind of turned into, okay, not desperation, but they had to work uh, with a sense of urgency, and they were playing kind of to the point of, well, if we lose by 10 or lose by 24, who cares? We're still lost, and they couldn't get the first down. Catholic Central scored again um, on on a fade route, and then... The last touchdown came when Jeff Hessel was just trying to make a play, threw the ball backwards uh, on fourth down. I mean, again, it's the point in the game where you have to try whatever you can because if that happens, okay, you had lost already. Who cares if you lose by a little more? And they scored, which, by the way, I was surprised they gave them the touchdown because I thought on the review – so what happened was it was – It was 24 7, like fourth and eight, or no, fourth and short. And they tried to run a play action. Hessup was hit and he threw it, tried to throw it to Distelrath, and he ended up throwing it backwards, but they called it incomplete on the field. Kid picked it up, ran it in the end zone. Official says, We ruled it an incomplete pass. It is Grand Rapids Catholic Central ball at wherever the 30, I think. And then they reviewed it. It was a fumble. He did throw it backwards. But they gave him the scoop and score, and I thought the rule was they had to get it from where the recovery happened. Not that it made a difference. I was just a little confused by that. Um, the, the only part
1: in that is not being there and not hearing. If a whistle right.
2: hasn't blown,
1: but they, they give him to the end in, of the play.
2: They ruled it incomplete on the field. Like he ran in, they celebrated, then they said, the ruling on the field is an incomplete pass. So that's what it was on the field. But when they went to video review, they overturned it but gave them the return as well. Yeah. Which was the only thing that was a little confusing to me. Yeah. But um, I thought Marine City played a, a really good game. They played an A-minus game and they needed to play an A-plus game. Uh, they, they did everything they could, but there's a reason why that's Grand Rapids Catholic Central's 37th straight win. Yeah, they cheat. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and it's it was just tough because you knew that Marine City gave it all they got, and for basically three quarters they were going toe to toe with them. Their offense just could never get anything going.
1: Well, that that was the the one for me. Like I'm like, as long as this game is ten to seven, Marine City has a chance because they have those guys. You only need one play, and they have guys that can make. One play from anywhere on the field, and I don't care who you're playing against. But Tiger Tetler, those guys can make a play. So as long as it's within that score, Marine City has a chance to do something. But when uh, the Catholic Central scored with 19 seconds left in the third quarter to go up seven, it was on a second and long. Yeah, too. to to go up seventeen to seven, and it was it was a 59 yard touchdown play and like that was the one where it deflated me and I went okay well probably not going to get two touchdowns in the fourth quarter no no
2: but I have to give a lot of credit to coach Lutz and coach Frent they came up with a game plan that for the most part at least defensively worked but when you take away the, the running game for Marine City they couldn't run between the tackles they couldn't run outside They and Catholic Central had the athletes on the edge to play man coverage and and stay with the defenders. It was tough for them to really get anything.
1: And um, later in the game, not so much in the first half, because I think Kessler started seven out of seven or something. He was seven of seven at the half for like 90 some yards. In the second half, he didn't have as much time to throw the ball. No, he did not. Um, uh, Seven catches, 136 yards, two touchdowns. For that Nolan uh, Ziegler yeah. uh, in the game. He is he is pretty good. Um, And, and how often would you say Marine City out if, – if I told you before the game started, Marine City is going to outrush Catholic Central by 70
2: yards today. You'd think they would win. Yeah. But what did Catholic Central end up throwing for?
1: 221, which Isn't is a dirty. good number, but, yeah, it's not outrageous. And Heslip threw for 138. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, they had uh three sacks uh and the Mariners only
2: had the one yeah and the kids were out there for a long time they got worn down and yeah that's it's tough but what are you gonna do?
1: Well i'm I'm going to applaud Marine City on a great season um I, I get it in, in the end 31 to 7. Makes it look like it was an easy win for Grand Rapids Catholic Central, but I bet you if we talk to their coach today, he'll tell you that wasn't an easy win.
2: I I guarantee you they thought that. Well, it looked like they thought they could just show up and they could roll the ball out and they were going to win, and that wasn't the case. Yeah,
1: no, not 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 at all. Uh, again, first downs eleven to ten. Rushing yards favored the Mariners, 77 to, to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, the third down, that's tough because Grand Rapids Catholic Central, 50% on third down. They were six to 12. The Mariners were just four out of 14. And the Mariners were one of four on fourth downs. And I agreed every time they went for it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Darren Letson did a good job playing it conservative early in the game, trusting his defense. But when he went for it, it was kind of the point where, like, okay, you gotta go for it now, and they just got stuff. Because
1: yeah, there was there was one inside their forty, and I'm like, you know, it's a close game still. But yeah, you gotta get this yard. Yeah, you, if you can get this yard, it, it, it's like a big statement of yes. we're not scared. We can do this. We can beat you guys. And, and even when they got stopped, like they didn't put their head down. I think they turned around and got an interception and got the ball right back.
2: Yeah, yeah. The couple times their defense was put in bad spots, the fumble in the first half, they actually pushed them back two yards and got a four and out. They got stopped, and then I think it was Crutchmeyer that got the interception. They did. A, they did a good job trying to stay in it as long as they could, but uh, they. Catholic Central just had more depth and lasted longer, but they went toe-to-toe with them for basically 36 minutes. Well, we saw a lot of football
1: this year, Brady. We did 39 games this yeah, yes, uh, season. Yes, we did. Uh, your, your, your thoughts on our football season in the Blue Water area? I thought it was a pretty good one.
2: I thought it was, too. I thought we had some really, really talented teams. I was glad to see Marine City get back to Ford Field. Um but, yeah, I mean, St. Clair was probably one of the bigger stories going from a one in five and a bad one in five at that a year ago to Matt Gold champions and playing for a district title. Uh, Cross Lex has kind of staked their claim at the top of the BWAC mountain for now. You know, you're going to have three, four teams coming after them next year. You, I mean, the emergence of Armada was fun to see. Yeah,
1: the, that certainly for the first half of the season, Armada was maybe the big story. Yeah, um, be, because they're they're a team that we don't normally associate with playing big games. The second half of the season, uh, and yet we found them in a BWAC Championship game, um, and and they did get into the playoffs and so they won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a big step forward for Armada this year.
2: Yes, it was uh the, I mean North Branch losing everything and still going seven and two uh the the end of their playoffs was a little disappointing, but they're a young team that they're probably going to be the biggest competitor to cross lex uh in a year's time. I know Richmond has they, the, Richmond was a mix of young and old um so that that was a lot of fun. Uh, Northern's defense, just being one of the more dominant ones we've seen. I've never seen a defense carry a team as much as Northern's did. It was like, okay, when's the dam going to burst? When's the dam going <laughs> to burst? And I mean, okay, it happened against Roseville and Romeo, but it never happened against teams that were on their planet.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, the the other great story after going one and six a year ago. St. Clair wins right, the yep. Mac Gold
2: and wins a playoff game. Yep. Um, Marysville had a little bit of a down year, but again, they lost. I think it was twenty six seniors. Uh,
1: Ph. Oh, so many good players too from the year before. the 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 list of names that graduated and and weren't back mm-hmm. this season. I mean,
2: yeah. What What do you want? They started three and three and it, it kind of fell apart a little bit at the end and then PH had a good start to the year and i i think looking back on it that skid at the end of the year is not as bad as we might have thought it was well it was watching
1: t- warren michigan collegiate right. play
2: in a state championship game which by the way they played awful and that was a, that was the worst state title game of the weekend yeah, but well, it was the D6 they, final they lost to roseville who was at least one of the ten best teams in D2, if not one of the five best. They just had to play D Salle, who ran through everybody. They lost to Warren Michigan Collegiate, who at the time were like, ah, yeah, whatever, playing for a state championship. And then they lost in a mud bowl to Nor- your rival, Northern. Yeah.
1: That's, yeah. Who They split the two games with Northern
2: right. this year. So I don't think it was anything. We were maybe a little more concerned than we needed to be. Hindsight's been a little kind to of those, so... There's been a lot, and then Mooney, let's not forget that Yeah, Mooney,
1: the resurrection of Mooney. We haven't talked about them 10, 15 years on the football field, and uh, they were in the playoffs this year, and they were that close from doing a lot of – they did a lot of things they hadn't done in a while, and they were that close to doing a couple of more.
2: Yep, so – I think that's about it for this, I guess, abbreviated football wrap-up because I guess we could do a whole show on it. We could do a whole show on, like, all three of our segments Yeah. today. But we're going to have to jam-pack this. It's probably be a little longer, and you get a little bit of everything. You get football now. We're going to talk about hockey, and then girls basketball coming up will be a, uh, will be a lot of fun to talk about because there's going to be a lot of storylines. But you saw um, a few good hockey games. Northern won what I think it was their 11th straight Larry Mann. Yeah, this is
1: the 11th straight time that Northern has won the uh, the Larry Mann's uh, tournament. Ever in fact every time since it's become the Larry Mann's, the Huskies have uh, have won this event uh, and they they answered a lot of questions for me that I had going into the season and we'll we'll get to that in our next segment in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention.
3: 2507520.
2: and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marys or Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee.
3: Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's jepson car Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back.
1: Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck On Sports podcast. There were four games, got some highlights. Let's just do that, and then we can talk about the uh, entire uh, weekend uh, afterwards. But uh, here's what the Larry Manns uh, tournament sounded like Friday and Saturday. Now in behind his own goal is Gents. He'll swing it around the boards back out to center. Donaldson lays it ahead. Nice play to Noah LaValle. He'll tip it over the line. Too far for Turner to get to. But now Noah LaValle with a steal. Right circle in front for Turner with a chance. He scored on the rebound. The redirect was stopped by Dan Duran, but Turner stayed with it. And he taps the rebound into the open goal and gives Marysville a one nothing lead. Now the Vikings, Mindsburg. Got around French through center. Three Vikings over the line. Meinsberg a drive. He scored! Meinsberg just put his head down from about 40 feet, and he ripped one, and Dan Duran caught it with part of the glove, but it had too much steam, and it pops out and into the net to give the Vikings a 2 to nothing lead. Now Turner in his own zone. Pushes it ahead at center. Three on one. Noah LaVallee up the right side. In front for Turner. Oh, what a stop, and the rebound ends up in the net. I think Ben LaVallee cleaned it up and banged it home, but a great save by Dan Durand originally on Turner, but that's the second time the Vikings have found a rebound in the crease and swept it home. So it's 3-0 for Marysville. Here's Bonnet up over the line, pulled up right circle, spins back towards the blue line, Peacock, left point with a launch on they score! That deflected out in front of the net and changed directions on McKinney, and Anchor Bay gets a big goal with 46 seconds to go here in the second period. It's a 3-1 to hockey game. French spins it back on the left point to Steele. Steele sends it back down low now. Here's Larabelle, left circle. Larabelle trying to get free. Sends it back on the blue line. Shot by Brada, knocked down out in front. Koleski, chance, loose in front. Empty net for Larabelle, and he scores! And it's 3-2 to two on a power play goal for Anchor Bay. Well, if I were picking three stars, my first two stars are the goalies. Lucas Danduran is going to lose this game, but I would probably call him the number one star. And uh, Tyler McKenney, unless something tragic happens in the next 3.7 seconds, would be my second star of the game just for his play here in the third period alone. 3.7 seconds to go. 3-2. And it came back to French, but got away from him. And the puck will slide out to center, and the game is over. And Marysville will beat Anchor Bay 3-2 here in the first semifinal. They wave off icing here. So the Huskies will come back and play it. Nolan Johnston sweeps it ahead for Graham at center, leading a three-man rush over the line. Graham into the stock out of oh, his man ready right to goal! He makes a great move and he scores. Matt Graham. Dragged that puck right through the defense, got in on McQueen, did a little head and shoulders fake, got around the goalie and tucks it in to give the Huskies a 1 0 lead. Trying to get to it is Matt Monahan. He's got it along the left wing boards and he'll take it back down low. Trying to work away from Greg and he scored! Monahan trying to center it and it hit a big red in front of the net. I believe that was DeLong and it went off the heel of his skate and startled McQueen and it ends up in the net and Matt Monahan will get credit for a goal, giving the Huskies a 2 to nothing lead. Or, nice pass ahead, Chauvin up over the line. Chauvin into the right circle with some room now, got out in front of the net, and then couldn't pull the trigger. Then he sets it up in the shot by Bruno, and he scores! Boy, they almost got in each other's way, but once they figured it out, Chauvin waited, Bruno got set up, and then it was a slam dunk from there for Kyron Bruno and he makes it 3-0 Northern. Matt Monahan along the right wing board sends it back down low. Here's Tim Monahan to Matt Monahan. He scored! Oh, what a shot right up under the bar from the rim of the right circle. Matt Monahan gets his second goal, and that was a really sweet-looking shot to make it 4-0 for the Huskies. Now Matt Monahan in behind the goal. Circles in front, shoots. Puck right on the goal line, and Tim Monahan will tap it in and finish it off to make it 5 nothing. For Northern, Orr's got it, right circle. Goes back to the right point to McHugh. He'll move it between the circles, then slides it across. And there's the shot by Simpson, tipped right at the top of the crease for a goal. Carter Bellinger tips it in, a power play goal for the Huskies, and they take a 6-0 lead. Now Bruno looking for somebody in front. Finds Bringard with a drive. He scored. Bringard, shot. McQueen got a big piece of it, but it just trickled between the arm and the body and in, and the Huskies get their seventh goal and take a 7-0 lead here. Here's Orr charging into the zone, right in on goal. He scores. Orr split the defense and snaps it home for the Huskies' eighth goal of the game, and they lead it 8 to nothing. Silas Clink plays it right circle to Chauvin. Chauvin put it right on in front. Bringard cutting in, and he scores. Pretty passing there by Northern. And Jack Bringard gets his second goal of the game. And the Huskies go up nine to nothing in this one. Robbins ahead for Larson. A minute to go here in the period. Larson over the line. Down low. Bellinger. Put it right out in front and they score. Simpson on the backhand. We'll get the 10th Husky goal of the game. He'll call it just a trip, and the clock will run out, so it won't matter. Four more goals for Northern. They're going to win this one in a two-period mercy by a final score of 10 to nothing. Bonet takes a look around, surveys the situation. He's got a couple guys open on the left side. There's Peacock for the drive, and he scored. A one-time shot. From the left circle by Peacock and Anchor Bay gets a power play goal to take a one to nothing lead in this one. Now moving up the right wing side is Axelrod. Cuts out in front and then was knocked down. Play will continue. Axelrod will get it out of the corner into the left circle with it. Tried to work in front. Did. Took a shot. They score! A backhander by Martin. As the puck was going to the net, Martin reached out and flicked it with his stick and he beat Girling cleanly and the Big Reds have tied the game. Steele has it. Left circle in front bonnet a shot he scored bonnet right from the hash marks he didn't have a whole lot of time to think about it and i think that might have helped him out he had to release it right away or he was going to get covered and just in that split second that he chose to shoot the puck he snaps it home and the tars retake the lead here's french up over the line into the right circle with it poked off his stick comes out center ice race for the puck Martin's going to get there. Martin up the right wing side. Moving in. Fires. Scored. A shorthanded goal for Cooper Martin. What a rocket right under the crossbar. And 17 seconds into the third, the Big Reds have tied the game. It's 2-2. Two to two, Martin with his second goal of the afternoon. Down in behind the goal now. Spina put it right out in front. Here's French with a chance. Oh, a save made. And the puck squirts loose and it goes in. The Tars take the lead. 3-2. to two. The shot by French McQueen got a big piece of it. And then it just seemed to pop off of his shoulder. And it just rolled over the goal line. And Anchor Bay's back on top with 12.41 to go. They lead it 3-2. to two. Now it's French playing it back to Peacock. Peacock will send it over on the other side. Shot by Stalker. Save Rebound. Steal. It's still loose in front. And Merahue scores. And the Tars take a two-goal lead. 4-2 to two with eight and a half minutes to go. Here in the third period. it will come back to the line, though. It got by DeLong. Race for the puck. Steele will pick it up up the right side. Steele cuts in front. Takes a shot. He scored. Oh, Braden Steele worked his way into good position and f- used the defense as a screen, and he fires it home to give Anchor Bay their third straight goal, and they take a 5-2 to two lead now with 5.40 to go here in the third period. McQueen will scoop it off, play it into the corner. McLeod will play it to the line and back out to center and the buzzer sounds to end the game. Tars outscore them 3-1 in the third. And they'll win it by a final score of 5-2. Back on the line to Clink. Then back to Monahan, left circle. In front, Tim Monahan scored! A perfect deflection by Tim Monahan on the centering feed from Matt Monahan. And a power play goal for Northern gives them a one to nothing lead. Glenn will play to the line. It'll be held in. Barrett with a long shot. They score! It was tipped out in front, I think, by Kerrigan. And the Huskies take a 2-0 lead. Connor Myers played it out. Center ice. There's a chance for Van Hootigan. He's breaking in on goal. Ty Van Hootigan in. Oh, and a save by Sheffer. And he stopped Jero on the rebound. Two big stops by Sheffer. He stopped two breakaways here in the first period. Now back the other way. Bellinger left it for Simpson. Here's Simpson right circle. Simpson back out at the point. Goes to Johnston left circle. Johnston sends it across. They score! Orr! Open on the far side. One times it into an empty net. And it's a power play goal for the Huskies. And they take a 3-0 lead. And right now it's the Huskies who are making the push to get their fourth goal. Here's Robbins firing. Knocked out in front. Oh, what a chance! Larson! They score! larson bangs it in and the huskies do get a fourth goal and they lead it 4-0 with 543 to go here in the second period and clink will skate away from minesburg and run out the clock and 4-0 will be your final score as logan sheffer gets a shutout here in the championship game of the larry man's tournament. with 30 saves Uh, And some big ones. Marysville had a lot of chances. Brady, they had six power plays in the championship game. They had a five-minute major. They had about two and a half minutes straight of five on three. But Sheffer just didn't want to give up a goal. And my big question was, how do you replace... 95% 95% of your offense that you lost. I think they had what we figured out, seven goals coming back from last year's team. Yes, they lost O'Flanagan Flanagan and Barlas, like who had put up video game numbers last year. Well, they scored 14 goals in the tournament, 10 different goal scorers.
2: Yeah, well, let's talk about that in a moment. Um, but overall, your thoughts on the Larry Manns. Obviously, Northern wins again. Marysville, you've seen them now three times. They're a young team. What are your thoughts on them? Um, well, the, my first
1: thing with uh, with Marysville is I, f- I think they're a good team, and I think they're going to have a, a good season. Um, you, you've got to... Keep the emotions in check, though. Uh, They had uh, a a scrum at the end of the game with Anchor Bay, uh, and Mitch Donaldson couldn't play in Saturday's game because of that uh, little fracas where basically we had – there were 12 guys on the ice, and all 12 of them ended up in behind the the net, uh, including McKinney, uh, and, you know, punches were thrown yeah and, and uh, in the end uh, Donaldson and Larabelle for Anchor Bay couldn't play on Saturday in their respective uh, games but uh, l- a lot of penalties this weekend in the uh, the games that the Vikings uh, played. So that's one issue um, but otherwise like their top line, Turner and the two Lavals mm-hmm. um, I'll, I'll put against anybody. Right. Um. They they're really good. I love Tyler McKenny. Um. I think. Um. Without Donaldson, that hurts them defensively. Right. Um. My, Minesburg, Minesburg and Donaldson, they're kind of like extra forwards out on the ice, and and they have the last two seasons played up front. Um. It's the development of like the the second and third line guys. For Marysville. Um, uh, Ty Van Hootigan has got to give them some offense on that second line. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, I, I I, like the idea, especially in high school, of keeping your big line together. But at some point, Coach Hardick might have to think about maybe putting Ben LaValle with Van Hootigan or putting Noah LaValle with Van Hootigan um, just to kind of balance it out and, and give them – more scoring cuz that's what northern has. Right now northern has four first lines. Yeah. Like there isn't like that line where you go okay, th- these are their top guys. There's just four lines that are kind of all the same that all have balance, all have people who can put the puck in the net and they all play well. It's it's like they they took a guy and they made 12 carbon copies of him. Hmm. Put them out on the ice, and that's their four lines.
2: Yeah, so at least early in the season, there's no obvious superstar. Like, they had two dudes last year that just almost scored it well. Yeah, you knew when
1: they were on the ice.
2: Yes, but it almost might be better this year. Not that losing them made them better, but they are a much more balanced attack. If I'm a coach preparing for the 2020-21 Northern team, I go, okay, you got to stop these two guys. Stop them, we win. Where this year, you know they're rolling. Let's, let's okay, let's say they shorten the bench in a big game. You have three lines to stop. And it's going to be constant pressure, and you don't have to wear out your best players. And
1: up front, I, I think some of their better guys are actually their younger guys. So I, I kind of look at it as go, wait till next year, they'll be even better. Um, but their strengths and and again, they have a tough schedule,
2: um, playing in the MIHL. Right. So, you know, like they might go, let me pull up their schedule, but it, they might take a bit to get another win if I remember. Currently.
1: Yeah. I mean, so, but don't, don't look at the record as, uh, how to, how you judge this team. Sheffer's really good. Okay. They are solid in goal. Um, I like their defense because two things: they're big and they're mobile. Uh, Nolan Johnston has really become a good hockey player. Uh, I like Orr a lot. Um, I like uh, Nick Robbins um, it is really solid for them, uh, and all three of those guys move the puck and they're big. Plater is big. Then you've got Clink uh, and Barrett they're not as big as the other guys but they move the puck really well i I'm, Silas Clink looks like he's got some some savvy back there and he can he can push the uh, puck uh, and I thought that um, Nehemiah Barrett played well uh, the in the game against uh, Marysville uh, he didn't play against Port Huron um, but I like their defense I like that core um, and then again like I say the forwards uh, the two Monahans. Are like carbon copies of each other, except one shoots right handed, one shoots left handed, but they look the same. They play the same. Um, I like Chauvin. I like Bruno. I like Bellinger. I like Josh Simpson. Um, uh, you, you know who played really well this weekend? Becca Larson.
2: Yeah, had she a, had three I,
1: points this weekend. Um, Bringard uh, played really well this weekend. Uh, and, and, uh, uh, I told you even before they played Stony Creek, watch this Matt Graham kid. He's yeah. pretty good. Because I'd seen him play in Silverstick when he was just a peewee. Um they've they've got some talent. They're probably gonna be up front. They're gonna be a little undersized for the MIHL, but there's some speed there. And this team this team is a team that I, I'm gonna be interested in seeing, you know, a year from now so how much better they become
2: this is their december slate uh they have their home against Gross Point south that game i believe is wednesday and you're doing that game or yep. we're doing that game it'll be on the air the next the next week they go to catholic central and host brother rice in back to back days they then have a mihl kla showcase which I believe is in Plymouth, so I'm not sure who they will play there. Then they play Cranbrook. Then they'll have the showcase against Anchor Bay the next day. And then Flint Powers before they take Christmas break. If they can go through, I mean, three and four, I think, is a minimum bar. I think if you want to be taken... Seriously, like okay, hey, I know we lost our two studs, but we're still a really good team. I think you beat Gross Point South, Catholic Central, and Brother Rice are going to be what they're going to be. That's, you're going to be the underdog, and you're going to be fighting uphill. The last time they played Catholic Central was what six nothing. Then I'm not. Then I don't know who the showcase is. But Cranbrook's the defending D3 state champ, so you go from defending D1 champs to defending D2 champs to a crossover game to the defending D3's champs. That's going to be a tough sledding. They did beat Cranbrook last year. They should beat Anchor Bay. And then I'd like to see them play Flint Powers pretty tough. Hopefully they can win that game. And then going into January when they really have tough sledding, you go, all right, maybe they can compete a little more than we thought initially in the MIHL.
1: You know, I just – for me, again, the key, staying healthy. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, uh, Again, uh, I don't think it's as big a problem if you lose a forward because I think they have depth uh, there. But uh, uh, they need to keep that core D healthy this season, and they need to keep Sheffer healthy this season because they'll go as far as he'll take them. Uh, And he's a guy – he's a guy I want uh, standing in front of my net when – Postseason game start and it's one one game elimination. He's a guy that can get you an upset.
2: Right. Right. So um and you saw PH. I know they were a little short handed this week, but they were a lot shorthanded. They're but, missing
1: five guys.
2: Five guys
1: that like make a difference. Okay. You get Ethan White into your lineup, that's a goal scoring threat. They only had 14 shots on goal in two games because basically they had nine skaters and they got to circle the wagons and just play rope-a-dope, ice the puck, ice the puck, ice the puck, and hope that the other team gets frustrated and turns it over, and that's how they scored two goals against Anchor Bay. Um, but you get White in in your lineup. You get uh, Roberts in your lineup. That gives you a puck-moving defenseman who's physical, uh, and we'll uh, run into guys. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what, Sean McQueen was their hero this weekend. He's a kid that normally I think he's normally a defenseman, but uh, the two goalies on the roster were not there. I was told Elijah Jones has a broken arm. Okay, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but he's a good goalie. Yes, and and McQueen played terrific this weekend. I don't I don't know that the scores would have been any different had Jones. Been there, playing a goal for them because McQueen looked like he'd been doing it all his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, yeah, you know, I gave him the player of the game against Northern, and and, and you're like, they lost ten nothing in two periods. What are you mental, Stucky? The kid made 37 saves in two – the shots were 26 to nothing at the end of the first period. He made 20 saves in the first period. Not one single goal that he gave up was his fault mm-hmm. or or was a bad goal where you went, oh, stop the puck, kid. No. He was incredible. He was acrobatic. He was making – sometimes I'm not sure he knew what he was doing back there, but he was <laughs> getting in front of the puck – it was Just instinct, uh, uh, yeah. And and then he made thirty eight saves in the uh, Anchor Bay game, and that game was two to two, seventeen seconds into the third
2: period. Yeah, they played well with a lot of guys out. So so yeah,
1: the the they they were really really undermanned, and it wasn't just that they were missing five guys; it was they were missing five good guys, right? Uh, that that make a difference um, for their their hockey team. So and uh, and Anchor Bay. Uh, again, they're kind of the the enigma
2: because th- they were hit and miss throughout their games. Well, it was what like, three nothing like like that against Marysville, and then they didn't give up another goal.
1: Yeah, uh, well, they got great goaltending uh, in the uh, the first game from uh, Dan Durand, but like even just the the way they play, they they've got uh they've got some guys that are good with the puck, but. There's a lot of I'm-going-to-skate-through-everybody kind of mentality, mm-hmm. um, and and that doesn't work a whole lot for you. But it was like they had a bad first period against Marysville, and then they played solid the last two periods against Marysville. They had a good first period against PH, then a blasé period, and then a good period. So it's like th- they were kind of Jekyll and Hyde throughout the game, but um, – they have good goaltending, uh, and again, they've, they've got some guys. I like Aiden French. Uh, I really like Mark Bonnet, um, and I thought, uh, too, uh, Braylon Steele was a good player for them uh, this weekend in the game. So they're, they're they're solid, but right now I would put them as the number three team Northern, I think, is head and shoulders above everybody else right now. I think Marysville is our second-best team mm-hmm. in the area right now, and that they'll get better during the uh, the season. Uh, and then you've got Anchor Bay, and then you got PH. But I'd like to see PH, hopefully, when they've got uh, a roster of 15, 16 kids, and see what they look like then. Right. I'm hoping they've got some guys back for uh, when they play Utica, um, later uh, this week. Uh, the the second game on uh, Thursday night is uh, PH against uh, Utica. Um, and actually, last year, those were really fun games when, when Utica came to McMoran Arena and played uh, Marysville and, and PH uh, a couple of weekends in a row. Uh, the one was that 7-5 game or I think Charlie Goodme had oh, yeah. four goals oh, and a scored two men short uh, on a, on a Short-handed uh, goal, and it was just—it was a fun game. It went up and down, and there was a lot of action, and and a lot of goals. So.
2: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah,
1: and Lavalle had the four-goal game against where he scored the four power-play goals. Valley. Yeah.
2: So, all right. Well, there was hockey. Now we still have to talk a lot about girls' basketball because well, there's a lot to talk about, and we have to fit it all into one segment. So it'll be a little bit of a long one. It'll be a long show today, but. You've gotten football, you've gotten hockey. Now it's going to be girls' basketball. It's worth it.
1: We'll put you in a good mood on a Monday.
2: We have two games for you
1: tomorrow. (laughs) Looking forward to it.
3: on Port Huron Schools.
1: Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a
2: home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance
1: doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan.
0: All right, welcome
1: back. Uh, Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, the Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. And, yes, uh, the uh, high school basketball season is uh, now upon us with football uh, completed. Uh, The boys will get going in another week or so. But the uh, ladies tip off Tuesday night. We'll have a couple of games uh, for you on our airwaves as uh, Northern will take on Anchor Bay and St. Clair will be at home against St. Clair Shores. Southlake. Um, but uh, the, the team that I think in girls basketball we're going to talk about a lot this year, Brady, is Marysville. I thought that they were really good last year. They unfortunately had to play up come the playoffs, uh, and, and they they were over at Dakota in a district of death with teams that they shouldn't have been having to go up against. Um, but they lose one Player off of last year's team, Hassan, uh, and and they have some good young talent and kids that started showing us last year. Avery Walters is on my players to watch list this year because <laughs> I thought she was starting to show signs of being terrific towards the end of last year, uh, and then obviously Caitlin Kane uh, right. is she was a dynamic scorer last year. No reason to think she's not going to score the basketball this year,
2: right? It's uh, it's going to be a, a good year for Marysville, I think. At least with our MAC teams, they're probably the best coming into it, just because they. Well, it's probably between them and Marine City because they have the most known commodities. Um, like I mean, you mentioned all those names, and uh, they have a lot of depth. I mean, Kane will be their main scorer, but they'll rotate 9, 10, 11 girls at a time and play significant minutes, and they play fast, and they play quick, and they can get up on teams really fast, and they're probably more going to be known for their defense than they are going to be for scoring.
1: Well, but here's the thing, though, because I do think, well, Kane will score. I think Walters will score this year. I think she's going to be a double-digit scorer. Uh, And then the other... Uh, one that I want to keep an eye on uh, is Miller because Miller's got some range. She can shoot the three, uh, and she had streak streaky performances last year where she'd knock a few down out there, looking for consistency. And then the other thing that the that the Vikings do really well is they get their hands on a lot of balls. They they force turnovers and mistakes, um, and they get a lot of breakaway baskets and easy baskets off of their defense
2: yeah i'm just trying to think there's so many names i know i think anna Oles is is back playing megan winston's another one um they're going to be a really good team this year and we're gonna find out fairly quickly how good they'll be i mean they open at chippewa valley they weren't great last year but it's hey it's a it's a much bigger school they open there and then host port here on northern so we'll find out fairly soon which uh where the vikings and huskies both stand but i think they're going to be a tenacious team they might not do it in a flashy way but i think they're just going to get the job done cuz like i said they run they're going to be in better condition than you and they're going to try to suffocate you defensively yeah and uh, again
1: there's going to be a lot of there were a lot of games last year where they held the opposition
2: under 20 points yeah let's see if I can get you some um, scores from last year I, I know
1: the the first time they played Saint Clair and the first time they played Marine City last year they won those games going away right
2: they only played nine games last year because of everything that went on they lost their first game to pH 56 23 and we kind of went oh yeah we didn't think they're going we didn't know what they had not going to have much. They lost a lot of talent. Then 47-19, 47-22, 51-11, 48-32, 35-20 in Mac Gold play and won that going away. Then they beat St. Clair again 36 to 30 before losing to Lakeview 62-53 and lost to Anchor Bay 42-20.
1: Yeah, and the Anchor Bay game was the playoff game at uh, Dakota, and that Anchor Bay team was lo- – with Decker and Wolf, they were pretty loaded last year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about who will likely be their biggest competition in the. – they're in the Met Gold, right? Yeah. Um. I think Marine City, unless there was someone that decided not to come back and play basketball – They have their entire team back. They did not lose a senior from a year ago last year. Marine City, uh, they lost to St. Clair and Marysville to start before beating Fitz, Roseville, back-to-back wins against Sterling Heights, beating Algonac in the pre-district, and then losing to Lutheran North in the district semifinals. But they bring back everyone. Chloe Austin's back. Uh, one girl that I thought was, was just a freshman was making strides was Jade Blanchard, um, among others that have been really solid. They were a team, though, Dennis, I think you said it before we went on the air, they were very streaky.
1: Yeah, well, well the, the two players for me, for this team, that uh, I, I think are key um, are Austin who didn't shoot well last year, but who we know can play? Chloe Austin can shoot and she can score. Um, so th- th- this is a year where I'm hoping she bounces back to what she was in 19 when she really played well.
2: Wow, and there's then, a lot of names I, f- I just and forgot then the about.
1: other one is Dietlin. I <laughs> think Dietlin can be really good.
2: Well, here and there's a lot of depth here. I mentioned Blanchard. I mentioned uh, Austin. You mentioned Dietland and, and uh, others. But Layla Comet, uh, uh, Mackenzie Laboon, the Volkmans, Kaylee Rickert. There's athletes and talent on this team, Dennis. I think they have a decent shot to challenge Marysville. Well, I think they're going to be good. I I think they're
1: going to be uh, a a team that uh, that wins more than they lose. But I just like I just like Marysville a little bit better right now. I just feel like they're just a little bit. And we'll see, we'll see. Yep. But I just think they're just a little bit ahead right I now. I
2: want to see what happens with this team when they have a full season without interruptions. Because Marine City in the winter season felt like they were more stop-start than anybody else. Yeah. And they didn't get a chance to really get rolling. Uh, And now they have that opportunity. They have a lot of talent, Dennis. I I wouldn't be surprised if they are challenging Marysville and maybe come the last week of the season – they have a chance to win the Matt gold or at least split. When do they play, Mary one of their two games? Uh, their last game, yeah, their, uh, one of their last games against Marysville at Marysville, February 2nd. That's going to be a big game that I think will ultimately decide the Matt gold. Yeah,
1: they play them on the 13th of January, too. That's the home game. Right.
2: But the, the, the last one, I think, is going to be the tough one. Wow, they have to play St. Clair and Marysville back-to-back again. So they're going to have to that's
3: Yeah,
1: That's the way you one. want to do it. The, the, that's, that's a week that you get up for. And St. Clair is another team that's interesting. Uh, they lose their their big gun, Christina Bohm, mm-hmm. But they've got a lot of other people that are coming back who now have that year of experience under
2: their belt. They do, but the problem was last year when Boehm was on the bench or Boehm wasn't scoring – it was tough for someone else to score. I knew they I know they lose Sarah Lore. Um, they bring back Sky Gottler, Aaron Saros are probably gonna be the two that need to score the most if they want to if they really wanna get rolling. They're one of the the last three teams from the Mac we're gonna talk about are going to be the biggest question marks, I guess, when it comes to Who's gonna score, and how can they replace their scoring?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's gonna be everybody's question. Wait, wait till we get to the Port Huron schools, because that's gonna be the big question: who's gonna score? Because uh, those two teams maybe lose the most of all our area teams. But I just I feel like sometimes, like I look at the Northern hockey team, and we talk about how you know they lose the two big guns off that team, and what are they gonna do? they're more balanced this year and not having, you know, cause sometimes you go, okay, we need a basket. Where's Christina? Mm-hmm. Um, get her the ball. Now it's like, they know they don't have that option. So kids are saying, okay, maybe I can be that person that takes that shot this year. Um, and and I, I think sometimes that helps kids with their confidence. We went into last season going, there's no Gabby Fogarty. Who's going to score right. for Marysville? And all of a sudden, Caitlin Kane became a scorer.
2: Well, some other names that are back, Madison Cole, Ashlyn Zimmer's going gonna to have to step up, uh, Paris Henderson also back. I'm going to be very curious to see who it is that really steps up and becomes the go-to scorer when, hey, the other team's making a run. We need a bucket here. Who's going to be touching the ball?
1: Yeah. So, I just – it's it's an interesting and intriguing uh, season. And I, I like having the, th- the three area teams there together playing mm-hmm. each other. Um, that just makes it more fun.
2: Yeah. Um, all right. What port here on high school do you want to start with first? Because both have very similar – I guess problems because they both lost some very talented senior classes
1: well the the thing with, with the the big Reds is they've been so good now for the the last few seasons and, and and it's it's kind of going to be a little sad for me because I watched that team develop mm-hmm. I watched them get their upset win over really northern was was really good at that time, and P.H. got that playoff win at Northern, um, and then you watch them develop and get better and and better, um, and now pretty much all those girls are gone.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's going to be a lot of new faces. The big the big returner for Porter here on high is going to be Julia Gilbert.
1: And that's a nice player to have and a nice player to build around because, you know, She can score. She plays good defense. Like, it it gives you something that you you know you've got Gilbert who can get you a basket and who can make a, a play for you. Now what is the surrounding cast going to be like? Because that was what was so good about the Lady Big Reds was that they had five, six kids that could beat you.
2: Right. And if if say Emma and they lost Emma Trombley for all of the Mac red season last year and just proceeded to not really worry about it and still fit, they were playing what for a Mac red title against one of the Gross point schools at the end of the season yeah.
1: and both those, both those gross point teams were ridiculous last year too yeah yeah, uh, it was weird because in the red Dakota, who's normally dominant was probably the weakest team last year. So think about Them or that. Ike, yeah. Th- think about that league and Dakota is your weak link for a year and you know that won't be the case for too no. long.
2: I mean the the other names that pop up that I remember from last year Mia Jacobs played probably the most significant minutes but really outside of that it seems like there's going to be a lot of new faces. Um, I know I, the girl we saw in softball that I know they're high on Izzy Trombley is probably going to have to take on a bigger role than you would maybe like for a sophomore. You'd like them to maybe you get them, work them in more, but she's going to be put into a big spot. I think pretty early, um, PA and they're, they're not gonna. It's not gonna be easy for them. Their opening schedule. They're at Utica. Then they play Our Lady of the Lakes. Then Anchor Bay. Then Stevenson. Then they're into the, the um, holiday tournament.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I have number one. I like their coach. Yes. <laughs> I think they. I think Becky Gilbert does a great job. Uh. And and again, with uh with uh, Julia Gilbert. Um, I actually think Jacobs got a lot of good experience last year, and that she's right. a good player. Um, That's kind of
2: the role you want to yeah, develop.
1: Izzy Trombley's kind of the wild card. Uh, she's not going to be Emma Trombley, but if she's not yet. but if she's anywhere in the ballpark, you got yourself a good player.
2: Yeah, it's just that there's not going to be a lot of time to learn for them. They're going to have to be good, and they're going to have to be good quickly.
1: Yeah, um, at Northern. It's going to be tough. Um, I was uh, talking to Coach Hendershot; they might have as many as five freshmen on the roster. Um, They have extreme turnover there. Um, You know, it's it's Jersey McGregor, and then not a whole lot of names that we've said in recent years for them. Uh, The gone are names like Shagney and Keys. That we've been saying a lot mm-hmm. for four years.
2: And they don't have a roster posted yet. But, yeah, they're going to be losing a lot. And Jersey McGregor's going to have to be someone that if they need to win big games, she's going to have to, you're hoping to put up like 15 and 10 a night, which is it's just tough. But there's going to be a lot more points out there to grab. If they have the size advantage in the post with her, I think they can make it work, especially earlier in the season as a lot of new players are getting their footing as starters uh, on a big stage.
1: Well, I I also think, uh, and I thought this last year too, she played best in games where they got her involved early. Mm-hmm. You know, they posted her up uh, early in the games and got her some, some early baskets, and, and I thought that – Helped her with her confidence, and she played really well. It'll be interesting because they, they open with Anchor Bay on Tuesday night, and Anchor Bay's got a big. Uh, Peyton Lee, uh, who was, I think, just a sophomore last year, uh, and and Peyton probably her best game of the season was early in the season against Northern. I think she had uh, 16, 17 points in that uh, game, and Anchor Bay won big at home. So that'll be an interesting match up right off the bat in that game
2: yeah i think they have uh, abby land shoots another one that comes back Yep, who was kind of their uh, she'll probably be their point guard yeah probably gonna be tasked with running running the the offense yeah um it is it's gonna be tough but you're gonna be young and you're gonna use it as a uh, learning experience because you have five freshmen you're gonna you're gonna take your bumps but You've seen it before where you get a group together early and they learn how to play together and they start to get success. And then, hey, two years down the road, you're talking about maybe playing for another regional championship.
1: Really excited. Uh, like it's We haven't even played the first game yet. But looking ahead postseason, Marysville hosting a district and it will have everybody, Marysville, Marine City, St. Clair, Richmond and Algonac are the two other teams there. That's fun. <laughs> I'm excited about that. M.L.A. City is going to get to host a, uh, a district. They were terrific last year, and they get the Langamans back this year. They're going to be terrific again this year.
2: Yeah, and I'll admit up front, uh, we were still at that point trying to get our footing as what we wanted to do, and we didn't really get to see a lot of BUAC girls basketball. So this year is going to be more of a learning experience. We know Mary Langeman, probably the best player in the area, coming back. Um, the, the the forty girls over there, really talented. The um, they're going to be a really good team that I think has another legitimate shot at playing in another quarterfinal.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing. Uh, they lose a couple of good players. Rosen. And I'm gonna say it wrong. I'll say tibadu and it's Tibido, and I'll say Tibado and it's tibadu
2: I I think it's they actually pronounce it th- like it's Thibodeau. Yeah, or, I, I remember. Doesn't it, matter
1: how I say it. I'm gonna say it, it the wrong. It wasn't
2: right. the way you normally pronounce it, if I remember. <laughs> I think it's actually thibodeau, Like But the,
1: they lose those players, but you know what that means? Probably more playing time for like Lily Langeman.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, they still have a lot. They like lost the you said Kayla Rosen too. Yeah. Um, she was the rebounding machine. She still is at SC four, um, and yeah, they're they're going to be the favorite in the BWAC. And I really, I'll, I'll admit right now, I don't know a lot. I know North Branch was their biggest competition last year. I'd have to check to see what they're bringing back, but that's going to be a big question mark for in the in the BWAC is who's going to challenge Emily City. And that's something that we are going to have to figure out because we are doing a lot more BWAC girls basketball this year. So we'll find that out.
1: Yeah, that's the uh, the other fun part is that we'll have a full basketball season this year. We didn't have that last year, um, not by a long shot. Um, we missed several weeks of the season. Like, like you say, Marysville played nine games. Marine City, every week there was cance- like eight. cancellations. Um, And the teams that that did play a lot played about 15 games last year. Um, We'll have everybody back up playing about 20 games plus playoffs this year, so it'll be a a lot more fun. But we'll see a lot more uh, basketball, boys and girls, around the uh, area. Um, For instance, we'll see Imlay City Armada uh, in uh, mid-December. to and we'll see Crosslex in Yale in mid-December. So there's there's a week that didn't happen for us last year where we'll see yeah. four basketball teams that we really didn't see last year.
2: Yeah, so uh, we'll learn, and we'll learn quickly.
1: Mooney's another one. Um, I, I saw one Mooney girls basketball game uh, last year, and I, and I know that the, they've made some some changes too. I think they have a new coach this year um but uh, that's another team that we'll get to see and obviously looking forward to the boys season because the Mooney boys will be another team uh that we'll be watching this year uh with a great deal of interest but uh, i guess we'll get more into the uh the boys uh next week when our uh, season starts we actually yeah. have a monday game next week
2: with the i know boys. we open with what beach at crosslex yeah so, that'll be, that'll be
1: uh, interesting. I know Crosslex has, has lost a couple of guys, but
2: they're still going to be good. Yes. They're going to be – I still think they're going to be the best boys team. It's just not – well, last year we was a special year for boys basketball. Yes. We had three teams that – we said it all the time last year. In any given year would probably be the best team in the area. And poor Armada has a great team – and it just has it with a generationally all-time great team in their same conference yeah, and well, district.
1: Well, I mean, I just what happened to Marysville at the end of the season mm-hmm. was a shame because they were really good. Um, uh, the, uh, Marine City Cardinal Mooney was really good uh, last year. I still look back at that game at Southfield Christian, and I feel like they should have won that basketball game. Um, and that if they played it over again, they would. But you can't do that. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned uh, Armada. Um, I, I, I thought um, at at times, too, there were a couple other teams in in the BWAC that when they got rolling were fun. Like when Elmont was shooting threes, they were fun. When Imlay City was on, they were fun. Um, and they were kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team that I think has a little bit to prove uh coming back this year um because they they would be either really good or really bad there didn't seem to be an in-between for them right yeah.
2: so well we have a week for that we have girls basketball this week we have more hockey and yeah football season's come to an end yeah, we don't really get any time to rest it's right into full bore winter sports it's
1: good for you Builds character
2: does we only have, we're light this week? We only have six games this week, but I think we have twelve next. So
1: yeah, because we're we're just getting into it. So like the, the girls aren't playing every night this week, mm-hmm. but we've got uh, two games for you on Tuesday and a game on Friday, uh, and then in the middle of the week we've got three more hockey games. There's a single game Wednesday and a doubleheader on Thursday. And so one I'm Friday
2: excited. too, right? Or is there a girls- Friday is girls basketball? Girls basketball. Yeah. Okay, so we'll so be good. Sounds good. Anything else to end this long show? That's that's what I got. All right, sounds good.
0: From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.